Faith in Christ ignites passion for our higher purpose. This is Pastor Mike Kramer, New Life Church, your home of positive faith, bringing you power for living. Come to the cross and find forgiveness. Get into His Word and you'll find strength for your soul. Tap into the love that God has given and you'll find power for Powerful Living is a positive faith ministry. We believe that a positive attitude in life is an expression of the positive faith which embraces a powerful truth that with God all things are possible. Pastor Mike Kramer is a founder of Powerful Living, senior pastor at New Life Church, and the author of the inspirational book, Power Moments. Tap into the love that God has given And you'll find power for living My friend, last week we began discussing the idea of passion for our higher purpose. As believers in Christ, we have a higher calling to follow our Lord and Savior. And I can't think of a better way to follow Him than to walk in the center of the will of God that He has for our lives. And so we're going to kind of pick up there. And first of all, we need to understand that salvation in Christ ignites passion for our higher purpose. We looked at this just briefly, but I want to be kind of pick up where we left off. The idea of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God says we can prove it. In other words, we can demonstrate. We can be a light to a world that needs the light of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We can be salt that sort of makes people thirsty for what we have. And I believe the best way to do that is to be a a positive faith believer in Christ. Take a positive approach to your walk with the Lord, a positive approach to biblical Christianity. Put a smile on your face, have a spring in your step, and represent our Lord in a positive way. Well, salvation in Christ ignites our passion for our higher purpose. And again, the book of Romans lays it out. And, you know, chapter 1, verses 16 and 17 gives us the theme of the book of Romans. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, in other words, for the religious and the non-religious, For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Oh, my friend, the word gospel means good news. It is the best news in the world of the love of God revealed in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the entire human race. Faith just simply means total trust in Jesus Christ. So the theme is the gospel, and the just will live by faith. In other words, those that are right with God will walk in his ways. And then chapter 1, verses 18 through chapter 3, 23, lays out the problem. And we have to know the problem in order to appreciate the solution. 
And our problem is sin, and it, it sort of walks through how that plays out in our lives. Then Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The idea is we fall short of the standard. Standard, You know, Christ is called the glory of God in John 1.14. John 1.1, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then 1.14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Christ is the God-man revealing the glory of God to us. And so when it says we fall short of the glory of God, the idea is we fall short of the standard of stacking up to Jesus Christ. Well, that's the problem. And the verdict is found in Romans 3 uh, that we are declared guilty before God. That's the bad news. But the good news is that God loves us. And in chapter 321 through 521, he lays out what we would call the plan of salvation, how God demonstrates his own love toward us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5, 8. And my friend, we don't clean up our life and come to Christ. We come to him exactly as we are and by faith receive him. And then Romans 5, 1, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ justified just a big word to be declared righteous or to be declared right with god it's a legal term so the verdict is guilty but when you trust christ as lord and savior the verdict comes down innocent because we receive his righteousness chapter six through eight is what we would call the process of sanctification or spiritual growth the verdict no condemnation in jesus christ chapters nine through eleven is what we would call the panorama of the sovereignty of God. The verdict is the greatness of God. And then chapters 12 through 16 is our purpose of serving. And the verdict or the idea is to bring glory to God. So here we are in chapter 12 where he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. It's your reasonable service. And then he goes on to say that the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. So, when you think of the plan of salvation, brethren, becoming a believer in Jesus Christ, sometimes the Bible calls it being born again or coming alive, made alive unto Christ. Sometimes it's called being saved. But the idea is that we become a Christian. We place our faith in Jesus Christ. And that needs to be a point in time. There's a process that leads us to faith in Christ. Maybe you grew up in a Christian home, a religious setting. But somewhere along that journey, we need to own it for ourselves. And that is when we declare our faith in Jesus Christ. Some declare it formally in a church setting. That's wonderful. That's beautiful. It's a great expression of your faith. But it's also important to declare it personally. Affirm it by faith. Invite Christ into your life. Well, John three sixteen, the heart and soul of the New Testament. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves the entire human race. In fact, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, it says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men or all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Yes, my friend, God wants all to place their faith in Christ as Lord and Savior. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack or slow concerning his promise, as some count slowness or slackness, but as long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
that promise referred to there in 2 Peter 3.9 is the promise of our Lord's return. And so what God is saying is that he is literally holding back the return of Christ to give people the opportunity to become believers in Jesus Christ. And then I love Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17. Scripture says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. And whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Of course, the book of Revelation is the last book of the New Testament, the last book of the Bible. Revelation chapter 22 is the last chapter of Revelation, the last chapter of the Bible. Verse 17 is almost the final words of the book of Revelation, just a few more verses after that. And I, it's almost as if God says to the Apostle John, John, before you put down that ink pen, before you stop writing, the inspired word of God, I want to give humanity one last opportunity to place their faith in Jesus Christ. I preached a message years ago on Revelation twenty two seventeen. I entitled it, God's Last Invitation. All through Scripture, he invites people to place their faith in Jesus Christ and Christ alone for our salvation. And in Revelation twenty two seventeen, the Spirit and the bride say, come. Let him who hears say, come. And let him who is thirsty come. Whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. Oh, that whoever is just the idea of anybody and everybody can take a drink from that living water called faith in Jesus Christ. If you recall, in John's Gospel, chapter 4, Jesus is talking to what we call the woman at the well. And he says, you know, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask for a drink and you would never thirst again. And she says, oh, I want that water. And he says, I am he. And eventually that lady came to know Christ as Lord and Savior. So my friend, trusting Christ is the first step on the path to discovering his will. My friend, if you're going to know his will for your life, it begins by knowing Jesus Christ. And that is by placing your faith in him. You know, I mentioned it's a process that leads to a point. I think of my own uh, salvation experience. Grew up in a Christian home, started out as a young child uh, going to Shiloh Wesleyan Church uh, out in the country near the Lake of the Woods, near the town of Bremen, sort of in between La Paz and Bremen, Indiana. And I found a, a little Bible, a little New Testament, where it was the first Sunday that I was taken to church. I think I was like nine or ten days old. I mean, our parents, my mom and dad, they literally raised us in the church. And, of course, went to Sunday school, vacation Bible school. Those were the days of Sunday evening services. We'd go back on Sunday night and sing those great hymns of the faith. I've often said, when all of my friends were watching The Wonderful World of Disney, I was learning to sing about the wonderful grace of Jesus. And so just kind of grew up in the church, made a childhood profession of faith, obviously, as, as, as all children do in those settings. But then in my teenage years, sort of wandered, went, kind of went my own way. Quite frankly, athletics became my God. I mean, confession's good for the soul. Who's kidding who? 
Man, I lived and breathed everything sports. And I loved athletics, played football, basketball, ran track, played baseball until I was a freshman in high school, then had to choose between track and baseball. Our football coach at the little school called LaVille was also the track coach, and I wanted to stay in good graces with the football coach, so I ran track and uh, enjoyed it. But that that was my life. Everything was athletics, and God had to sort of uh, break me down, so to speak. And, and God brought me to the point to where I was empty. I'll never forget the first uh, year I got out of high school. I actually worked up until uh, right after Christmas and then went to college the second semester. And that particular uh, summer, I went to work for Midland Engineering on their hot tar roofing crew and just felt like I needed to uh, experience something different than just working for dad. Dad had his own bricklaying crews and all of his boys, you know, we grew up mixing mortar and putting brick on the scaffolding, building scaffolding and raking joints and doing all those things that you do to keep the bricklayers putting the brick on the wall. And And I loved it, but I just felt like I needed to do something different. So I went to work for Midland Engineering on their hot tower roofing crew. And I remember driving by the high school when football practices began and just feeling so empty that I was no longer a part of that. But as a result, eventually, I began to realize that what I had been pursuing was really not going to be found in any kind of athletic success or failure. What it was going to be found was in a relationship with Jesus Christ. I was actually invited to play on a church softball team, and quite frankly, that's the reason I went. Started going to a church called Community Gospel Church, and the late Pastor Bob Heaney just preached the Word of God and preached the gospel so clearly. And to make a long story short, Cindy and I began attending. We would go to Mass on Saturday night at St. Bavos, and then we would go to Community Gospel on Sunday morning. And as a result, God brought us to a place where I knew I needed to reaffirm my faith in Christ. And I think Cindy felt like she wanted to take her faith from a formal religion to a personal relationship. And she learned so many wonderful truths about Jesus Christ growing up in St. Bavos and Holy Family. Tremendous experience for her. But she took it from a formal religion to a personal relationship. By faith, we invited Christ into our life. And the rest is history. Eventually, God called us into the ministry. And here we are today, many, many, many years later, still able to tell the good news of the gospel. But my friend, if you've never invited Christ into your life, regardless of your religious background, would you pray this prayer? Dear God, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe Christ died on the cross for my sins and rose again for me. And Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life to be my personal Savior. Oh, my friend, you pray that prayer, you'll be so glad you did. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. May the Lord turn His face towards you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace in your heart and power for a living. Amen.